From WBEZ Chicago, this is Nerdette. I'm Greta Johnson. We did it. We made it to another weekend. Coming up, we are going to hear from Nerdette listeners as they shout out some of their favorite humans for a little Valentine's Day treat. I'd like to send a Valentine Galentine to my dear friend Kat. My pal Emma. My friend Denise is such a badass. To my lovely friend Lindsay. But first, it is our chance to sit back and relax with two excellent humans. With us this week is Raina Cohen. She's an editor at NPR and the author of The Other Significant Others, Reimagining Life with Friendship at the Center, which comes out this coming Tuesday. Raina, welcome to the show. So glad to be here. Yay. Also here is Tracy Thomas, the host of your one-stop shop to talk books and reading the Stacks podcast. Tracy, hello. Hi. Okay, so this weekend is the Super Bowl. The Kansas City Chiefs are playing the San Francisco 49ers. Yes, I did Google that. Taylor Swift is flying in from Japan. I don't care about either of those things. Tracy, You and I are generally pretty opposite about Mm -hmm. our opinions about most things. So I Mm -hmm. assume you're really excited about both of these elements happening. So Greta, your assumption is right that I am enthused and excited, but I just want to clarify. Yeah. I am a member of the Bang Bang Niner gang. I am a big 49ers fan. I've been raised a 49ers fan my whole life. Oh my God. How did I not know that? I am so stressed out about this game. Oh, On the Taylor Swift front... I hate it. I hate everything about oh, it. Great. Okay. It has consumed all of my <laughs> hatred. I am a huge sports fan. I hate that we're even talking about her. I hate that people <laughs> think she has something to do with this game. I hate it through and through. But most importantly, go 49ers. Okay. Okay. So Reyna, where are you on the spectrum of caring about these things? <laughs> Uh, well, I found out about this whole hoopla because I was listening to Dan Savage's podcast yesterday and his whole shtick is like the gays don't know anything about football and, Mm -hmm. but they, and you know, so like FYI, here's a thing that's going on and also (laughs) the guy's straight. So like, you know, all the conspiracy theories sort of surrounding, Mm. um, uh, Taylor Swift's, uh, boyfriend whose name I've already forgotten. So this tells you how Travis Kelsey. Travis Kelsey. Yeah. It's a funny one. I mean, especially with this week being the Grammys and Taylor obviously having done so well announcing the new album, it is, it feels very much like kind of like no one is talking about anything else, which I guess we're feeding into this frenzy as as we speak right now. But well, I do think it's kind of a fascinating situation. But people are talking about the football game and also Usher. True. I just think that perhaps the two of you maybe aren't as plugged in. But like all <laughs> I'm talking me. about... <laughs> I just mean like to the sports side of it. That's oh, what yes, I mean. Sure. Like no, not as honestly. plugged into that conversation is what I meant. Not yeah. You guys are plugged into many other things, but I feel like... <laughs> Yes. If you're not a big sports person, then yes, perhaps the only thing you've heard about the Super Bowl is that Taylor Swift will be attending and she dates, what's his name? Travis Kelsey. (laughs) Yeah, Um, that guy. But if you are perhaps like interested in sports or like a lot or a little, you might be familiar with this game. It's called the Super Bowl. It's the uh-huh. NFL championship. What it's number a big are we deal. I think 40 something. Um, I think it's like something? 58. Oh, wow. Yeah, we're so getting there. Super Bowls. We're so Tracy, there. are you hosting? Are you going to like, I know you're okay. stressed. How, oh what is your gosh. ideal viewing experience? For this I situation? can't believe you're asking me this because I might cry. So oh, I have a lot of stress around sports. Can you tell? And yeah, I mean, I am it. very superstitious and very particular. And 
this year, my brother, who is my dearest friend and my number one sports amigo, is going to the Super Bowl. I am going to a conference and I fly back to L.A. on Saturday. So there's no real way for me to go to the Super Bowl because I am not Taylor Swift private jet rich. And my husband, who is a physician, happens to be at work 24 mm. hours on the Super Bowl Sunday. Oh my God. So I've called in my mother to watch my children. I okay. have been invited to a sporting, to a Super Bowl party. A but I am, party. I say a sporting event. I've been invo- invited to a Super Bowl party. But I don't know if I can be in a room with many yeah. people that I've never watched a game with yeah, before yeah. who are not 49ers fans. Because what yeah. if they have bad juju? I uh-huh. can't leave because I also would like to see Usher do the halftime show. Oh. So there's no time for me to just like safely leave and get home. And it's oh. LA. So it's like 20 to 30 minutes to get anywhere, no. right? No. So yeah. I'm panicked. I might come into my office garage that has a TV while my mom babysits say, my kids in the yeah. house and I'll just be alone in the garage. It seems like maybe self-isolating is the best thing you can do for yourself. It's so intense and embarrassing. (laughs) Tracy, when you said that you were going to have like your kids watched after, I was like, oh, do you, are you one of these people who behaves in a way that you like don't want your kids to witness while you're watching a game? No, I don't want to be responsible for them. I have four-year-old twin boys. So it's just like someone has to pay attention to them. They know, they know Bang Bang Niner Gang. They know a lot of swear words. They know that a lot of people on Not the Red Team are blanking blank holes um they're from that I'm not embarrassed about they know about all my hip thrusts and my jumping off the couch and all of that I stand real close to the screen and sort of like jump up and down not don't care about anything I'm teaching them care that they're not in my way I love that you're more worried about what the adults will think of you than the children (laughs) I mean I do I don't like to watch the games but I do like to observe the holiday with like a usually calorie dense dip is, is where mm-hmm. I stand with the Super Bowl. Yeah. You know, I mean, there are just so many great snacks that yeah. that I don't want to miss out on. That but I'm we happy agree to miss on. Out on the game. That we agree on. <laughs> okay, so I want to talk about a New York Times story from this week. Also, they are back with another incisive take on millennials. Ugh. This time, the headline is "Hark the Millennial Death Knell." It's about how all 70 whatever million of us are entering middle age and therefore also cultural obsolescence. <laughs> uh, Raina, how did this article make you feel? Did it make you feel old? Well, I just feel like I'm an old person trapped in a body of someone who will always be asked, are you over 18? Mm. So I, <laughs> I mean, honestly, that happened to me not that uh, a few years ago. Um <laughs> The yeah, I don't know. Like watching people wear clothing that I wore in high school yeah. does make me yeah. feel old. Um, yeah. But you know, I, I think like part of my reaction to this was like, what is so bad about getting old? And can we mm. kind of yeah have a different perspective on this? And years ago, a couple of my friends talk- and I talked about having an aging party, which we have not actually acted oh. upon, but like to celebrate our grays and wrinkles, and you know these like the. Uh, entries into uh, in, into these like older stages of life, um, even if we're still relatively young, you see those sorts of markers to celebrate them rather than feel like uh, mm-hmm. they are the sign of your obsolescence. Yeah, that's really sweet. I love that. So Tracy, as arguably the most culturally plugged in of the three of us, no offense, Sports, Marina. sports related. Oh, sports related. Yes. <laughs> How do you feel about this one? Okay. So I, you know, we're getting old. I don't know. I, yeah, that's life. Um, but I think that I thought was really interesting is how they talked about like, oh, millennials are aging out of like being what people care about or whatever. Mm-hmm. But I mm-hmm. think what that sort of 
misses is that we've aged into the place where we actually get to make all the decisions. Yes. And like, I think we're still very much shaping the culture. And I Mm. think that's sort of how culture works. It's like you look to the young people to see like what's new and what's coming out. And then the next generation or two generations above, they're the discerning voice who actually decides Mm. what gets made, who gets to be where, like what happens. So I do like what clothes we're going to make at the clothing lines that we own and things like that, you know? So I understand the idea that like, yes, we're getting old and we're washed. And like, I fully agree that I am old and washed, but I don't think that that means that millennials are gone. And if you look to the boomers who they talk about, those people mm. are still like running for president. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. They're trying to retiring. still very much be in charge. So when I look at our, at our elders, I think I still got like 40 plus years yeah. to yeah. run for president if I so yeah. choose. You know, like True. I don't feel like this just because I'm getting older means that I'm washed out of having any impact on the world. I mm. just think maybe it means I cannot no longer wear a super duper low rise jean with no pocket on the back. Which I've never done. Out of. <laughs> no. Raina, what ever. were you doing when Britney Spears was <laughs> oh. walking down the hallways? <laughs> Oh my gosh. I don't know though, Tracy, I also like what you're saying because I think it, there's the element of it where it's like, maybe this means that we have just reached the age where we don't have to try quite so hard. You know what I mean? Sure. I'd like to try less hard. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So another story that caught our attention was from NPR this week. It was about how people are becoming increasingly resistant to algorithm recommendations, which I think is really interesting. Part of the argument is essentially like, you know, what the robots are doing is saying like, Oh, did you like this thing? Here's more of the same with this thing. Um, I think it's fascinating. It's arguably not a bad thing, but also kind of eliminates the joy of discovery. Mm -hmm. Um, Tracy, what are your algorithm opinions these days? That's a tough one, right? Because I rely so much on social media for the work that I do I and the Instagram for my show. So like, yeah. I would like to believe that the inst- that the algorithm is putting me in front of the right people. I don't know sure. that that's true. But mm. I also find that like a lot of things that I actually consume are recommended to me from real life people, whether yes, that's true. books or yeah. television or music. It's usually like, oh, so-and-so was playing this song in the car. What's this song? Let me go check it out. Um, or like, uh, yeah, like along those lines. So I, I know that algorithms are definitely a part of my life. And maybe the people that are recommending things to me are recommending them because of algorithms. But I am a pretty, still pretty like, aggressive people tell me what to do kind of person Mm. though I did once by when I was two less than two months postpartum I did buy a fanny pack diaper bag that I love it is called Kibu this is not an ad I love them so much I wear it all the time still and it was the greatest algorithm suggestion of my life This was in 2020, and I know this article is saying things have gotten worse recently, so maybe Mm. this was like the peak algorithm, but shout out to Kibu, (laughs) diaper bags, they're leather, they're vegan leather, and they're really nice. Oh my God, that's really funny. (laughs) I mean, it's the other element that it makes me think about, which is very eerie, is like the things that, you know, for example, Instagram can find out about you without you like checking the box saying, yes, Mm -hmm. I do have low back pain, is like Mm -hmm. kind of my example where it's like, oh yeah, these Instagram reels like I'm getting a lot of hip mobility <laughs> exercise recommendations and I feel seen in a very disturbing way. And once you start getting them, then yes. they don't stop. Like I yes. accidentally watched a video on my Instagram, like for you page of a couple like 
hanging over a cliff and then like it was like a they were like acrobat kind of people and they were like hanging over this cliff and he was like dangling her in the cliff i don't know i I was a dancer i like acrobats um i love a trapeze anyways now i get all of these videos of people like bungee jumping or like swinging into the abyss which actually terrifies me and i hate and i don't ever watch them now anytime i see a beautiful sky and a mountain in any instagram thing, i'm uh -uh. like scroll 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 but i do think it's funny it's like you watch one thing and the algorithm's like oh you love the abyss here you go that's and like I've never seen a single one of the videos like that. Don't start. It is so stressful and makes my stomach hurt. I find Facebook's algorithms for some reason they think I am obsessed with Kate Winslet in Titanic, and they give <laughs> okay, me. But aren't you? So, aren't we all? No, I mean I watched it four times in the theater when it came out, but yeah. I think that's irrelevant now. Okay, twenty It's never irrelevant. <laughs> They've been collecting data since 97. Really, Facebook? I suppose they have. Oh, God, that's so true. (laughs) What do you think, Raina? Well, I'm just thinking about like how uh, I'm a pretty tactile person and Mm. the recommendations that come through that are just like scrollable feel very different from doing like having something like a mixtape. And um, like a couple of years ago, I ended up deciding to make a mix CD for someone. And oh. what you can do uh, with, with a combination of Spotify and Etsy um, that oh, you wow. like give them, you know, a playlist. And I just sort of had a blast coming up with that and then like designing the cover and like having it in my hands. And it made me wonder like, why don't I ask people to do this? Because I do get into these loops with Spotify where like, Mm. it's just, even if I kind of have it uh, recommend me songs, like they end up being the same songs over and over and over again. And the kind of, there is some discovery, but then you hit a limit pretty quickly. And I, yeah, I forget that I could actually just ask human beings in my life for these things. And even like you, you can make physical stuff if you want to. And that, that kind of adds another level of playfulness. That's so sweet. I love that. That's funny that you had to go through Etsy. It says it, a lot about the time. I was like, well, am I going to buy a CD burner? Like, I don't think I need no. to do that. So, But does your friend have a CD player? Mm. Oh, she she has a very old car that has a CD player. Yeah. So that's, I'm that's like, why if you it. gifted me that, Raina, I would yeah. be like, this is nice. This Do you have so it on sweet. a Spotify playlist? You could just send me the link. <laughs> no, no, no. That was really, imp- that's important information. Um, yes, she has an old car with a, that, that has a semi-functional CD player. Know your audience. That's amazing. So I mentioned um, after the break, we're going to talk about Galentine's Day. It's coming up this Tuesday. Of course, Raina, that also happens to be the day that your book about friendship comes out. Do you usually commemorate Galentine's Day? I have in the past. And so I, I when you were talking about uh, the the great dips for super for the Super Bowl. Yeah. I was thinking about a party I had several years back that was friendship and dip. Um, <laughs> so we we uh, for Valentine's Day, my friend and I hosted, and the spreads that people brought were incredible. Um, this is like the the friend I hosted this with has that like very fancy bean subscription uh, service. If, oh yes, if you know about that. Gordo. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And she, she was like really OG about the whole thing. Bean so club. she like perfect person to do this with. Um, so you know you could combine Super Bowl for like hey yay sports people and mm. Valentine's Day and then do Forty <laughs> ers friendship and dip. There you go. Friends dip. Friends, Friends dip. dip. Okay. <laughs> Well, Tracy, Raina, thank you both very much for coming on. This was a treat. Thank you, Greta. Thank you. Here's to friendships and dips in all of their forms. Friends, friend dip? <laughs> Friends dip. Friends dip. I'm still getting it wrong. I'm still, I'm still making it up as I go. Don't worry. <laughs> 
After the break, we are going to celebrate Valentine's Day with you. You all know about Valentine's Day, but here at Nerdat, we want to lean into a different celebration, not about romantic love, but about the sweetness of friendship. As Leslie Nope would call it, we are talking about Valentine's Day. What's Valentine's Day? Oh, it's only the best day of the year. Every February 13th, my lady friends and I leave our husbands and our boyfriends at home and we just come and kick it breakfast style. Ladies celebrating ladies. Of course, Valentine's Day is not just for women either. It's about friendship in all of its forms. So we are going to turn the mic over to you to hear about the friends that you want to give some extra love to this week. Hey, Nerdette, it's Lindsay in the Washington, D.C. area, wishing a happy Valentine's Day to my pal, Emma, in Brooklyn, New York. Not only is Emma an amazing friend, she's also the first person I can call to ask her whether it's safe to eat the leftovers in my fridge or not. This is Elisa in the Seattle area. I wanted to send a shout out for Valentine's Day to my lovely friend, Lindsay, who introduced me to this beautiful podcast and to the other members of my Women in Science book club, of which Lindsay is an integral part. Um, I am just so grateful for the community and these wonderful gal pals that uh, keep me going. I'd like to send a Valentine, Galentine podcast gram to my dear friend Kat who showed me that love can be making a nice cup of tea for you and your friends. Thanks for hosting the best tea parties over the years Kat. My friend Denise is such a badass. She's an amazing scientist and a mom but somehow she still finds time to do things like refurbish a vintage coach bag and send it to me just because. It wasn't even my birthday. It wasn't Christmas. She just sent it to me. I love you, Denise. This is Katrina from Chicago. Uh, This is a Valentine's Day shout out to the multiple women on the Inca Trail at 5.30 in the morning who found me a tampon. I don't know these women. I don't know who the actual, who the tampon came from. But I do know that it was a lot of women on the trail who managed to get me a tampon when I needed one and didn't have one. This is a Valentine for Catalina and Joaquin. They are my 12 and 15 year old kids who are my heart's delight. And I'm lucky to have them to share podcasts in my world with. So happy Valentine's Day from your mama, Claudia. Thank you. Happy Valentine's Day. Love you all. Love the show. Have a great gal's day. Bye. Thanks. So many thanks to all of you who called in with those delightful messages to your friends. It was so great to hear from all of you. I wish you a Valentine's Day full of friendship and waffles or whatever your carbohydrate of choice may be. Nerdette is produced by me and Anna Bauman at WBEZ in Chicago and is part of the NPR network. And our executive producer is Brendan Banizak. We will see you next week.